Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. It's always great when you visit. We appreciate you. And all the hope, all the powerful hope that you share. Man, if you don't have hope this morning, you heard some hope. And I want you to know that last week when I used that scripture, John 14, 6, I had no idea that they were coming to sing that song. That was perfect. It just lines right up. And I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thanks to, to Pastor Jeff and Lori Bonzelar. We, we appreciate you so much. These testimonies are wonderful. These, uh, these two, we've heard uh, Pastor Jeff and Lori, they've been serving for years. They've been following a call that God put on them many years ago. Like so many of the missions that we support, they're serving God. They are being bold for Jesus Christ. Our theme has been that. You know that. There shouldn't be anything new for, for any of you. If you're visiting today, though, we've been talking about being bold for Jesus since the beginning of the year, and it's become our, our theme for our missions month here in September to be bold. We've been keeping it in front of us based on a prayer that was prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. If you're here uh, for the second time, you know that. And if you've been here since the beginning of the year, let's pray it. I want everyone to pray it. Lord, Lord. enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Amen. Amen. You sounded a little bit better this morning, and I'm glad for that, because last week, I hope I wasn't too hard, saying that some of you may have been half-hearted through the year with that prayer. But I've heard from many of you who have taken it to heart, and you've been praying that prayer, and uh, we're going to hear from someone a little bit later about that too, but uh, since the start of September, it's, it's been our real focus to be Bold, And we've been encouraged from the open of the month to turn from being lukewarm or complacent, having that attitude of complacency about the gospel, turning from that. We've been invited in week two to move outside of our circles, beyond our culture. We had that great service with Hope Church. We multiple languages, all praising God and Seeing and being reminded that the redemptive power of Jesus Christ by his sacrifice on the cross, that's open to every single person. The kingdom of God is not closed based on race or, or ethnicity or any social status, or it's not limited by your gender. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So be bold and be open to share the gospel with every single person. And last week we talked about being confident moving beyond ourselves, the hang-ups we have, our insecurities, getting uh, beyond that and being confident, dropping those insecurities and praying, praying that prayer we just prayed for the Lord's enablement and then speaking his word. 
just speaking his word. This morning, I'm reminded in that prayer, there's something about being a servant. And as I said, the missions we support, they're full-time servants. People like Jeff and Lori that are here today from Life Challenge. We had Dan Hitz here from Reconciliation Ministries on Wednesday evening, along with Sharita Gary from Abigail Ministries. We've heard from Larry Johnson. We know Larry's working side-by-side side with his wife Marilyn over at Life Builders. We have Stephen Robin Malik of our own congregation at Gateway to Glory Ministries, all full-time servants. And there's others, and I, I haven't mentioned every single one, but they're full-time servants. We talked last week about the, the Great Commission, and that's Christianese. You say the Great Commission, you say that to someone outside the walls here, they might not know what you're talking about. It's just Christian speak for the direction that we've received from the resurrected Jesus Christ just before he ascended into heaven that we are, all of us, called to be part of his mission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has said, everything that he's commanded. We're all called to be part of the fulfillment of that directive of Jesus that we commonly call the Great Commission, to make disciples or followers of Jesus, but we know, and this is just a reminder, before someone can become a follower to be taught, they need to hear. You can't learn until you, need, until you hear. We heard a testimony this morning from someone who had zero church background until someone lovingly enough started helping and pointing in the right direction. And we've, again, we've spoke of being turned from that lukewarm complacency to a passionate, open uh, accepting confidence to, to be bold. And this morning, I want to talk about what motivates our passion and our confidence. And on this note about being servants, I want to invite Marie Radzikowski up here for a moment to share with us uh, a, a testimony. As we did last week, we heard from Lisa Schantz, and she encouraged many of you when we hear these personal testimonies of how God's helped us, I think it's uh, something that can bless all of us and it can be helpful to us. So this is Marie Radzikowski. Good morning. Is that it? I want to make sure we... Okay. Check. Check. <laughs> I think that one's on. Good morning. So th this is Marie. Here, you can hold this, Marie. You're, you, you, you. Marie has a story about being bold. We've started early in the year, brought up Acts 429. I think it was the second week of January that I preached from this. And then it just stuck. Well, in February, this prayer from Acts 429 began to work inside of you, didn't it? And you, you told me that you went back and you read the passage and you began to take this prayer seriously. Tell, tell us all about that. Well, actually, what happened, I was sitting in my living room sometime in February, and I was thinking, we've been saying this prayer on Sunday, but I absolutely could not remember any of the prayer. And it's like, okay, if the Lord gave this to pastor to be our prayer for the year, then I need to take it seriously. 
So actually what I did is I thought, well, I'll wait till Sunday and then I'll remember the prayer. And I thought, no, I have this phone in my hand and I thought, I can just look up a previous service. That's right. What a powerful tool. Yeah. So I, I looked up one of the services to get the prayer. And I opened my Bible, and I wrote the prayer in my Bible. And all through the week, I thought, I am going to learn this prayer. Now, it's only 10 words. And I'm going to tell you, I could not memorize that prayer. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I thought, well, I'm just going to keep opening my Bible, doing the prayer. So when I came to church the following Sunday... This time, instead of just repeating the words that the pastor had said, I prayed the prayer. It was in my heart. It was different that day. So my husband and I, as soon as we left church, we went to the hospital to visit his sister, who was going to have um, heart valve replacement that week. And a bunch of the relatives were there, my brother-in-law and my nieces and my nephews and their girlfriends and when we were leaving usually we pray for the person and usually my husband Wally will lead in prayer and then if I have anything to add I'll add it well this day he said go ahead pray and I'm like okay they've never heard me pray before but I'm just gonna do it so I wanted to be bold so I closed my eyes and I prayed and later that day, I got a text from my one niece, and she just said, Aunt Marie, that was a beautiful prayer. I can never be that bold. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So an immediate response. Right. Now, was this the same niece that was in the hospital a few days later? Yes. So this niece, then, she needed some surgery, foot surgery, and you said she needed 24 hours, someone to be with her. And so you went to visit her now. And, and, and tell us a little about that. Right, because it was her mom that was having the heart surgery, so her mom couldn't be with her, and her dad had to be with her mom, and she had foot surgery, and she said, I need someone to be with me at least 24 hours. So I said, well, I can do that. So I went to her apartment. On the way there, I picked up her prescriptions. I made some food. I stopped at the grocery store, brought some food, made her dinner, got up the next morning, made breakfast, you know, just took out her garbage, straightened up her house, um, you know, whatever things that she needed and me to did do. did you get an opportunity to pray with her? Well, not yet. Not yet. So, yeah. So <laughs> we, we were just like, um, just talking, you know, and she said, Aunt Marie, I want to ask you a question. And she, she just started asking me stuff about, uh, I think it was about Mary she was asking. And so it just kind of brought up something about um, things in the Bible. And she goes, how do you know that? And I said, it's in the Bible. So the next morning when I was leaving, I said, I want to pray for you. And I prayed for her, and she said, now you're making me cry. And I went home, and I found scriptures to validate the things that I had told her the, the night before. So I continued for the next couple weeks bringing her food. I said, you need your laundry done. I brought the laundry home. I washed her clothes. And just the kind of things that she wasn't able you, to do. You really helped her out. And then uh, just to move forward a little... She ended up coming to our Good Friday service, didn't That's she? That's right. I was so excited about what had happened that week after praying that prayer that I contacted Pastor Julie, and she said, are you coming to the Good Friday service? And I said, I'm not really sure. And, well, to make a long story short, I ended up coming to the service and inviting this adult niece of mine and a cousin of mine. And I was nervous because they are both Catholic, and my niece had said to me before that she was invited to a church 
and they had like a whole band up on the stage, and it was really weird. And I'm like, oh no. Weird, <laughs> our band is weird. So I prayed, we, we drove separate, and I prayed the whole way, whole way here, because I knew we had you know, a worship team up here. And, and did they, they, they enjoyed the, the service. Uh, she enjoyed they? it, yes. and when, when she left, I just got bombarded with texts the whole weekend, uh. and I said, well, what do you think? And she said, it was different, but it wasn't like that other church I went to. She had nothing but good things to say. That's great. So now, sometime later, you were just reflecting on this experience. You were uh, looking back on Acts 4, and you came to a conclusion. What was your conclusion? Right. I, I was, again, in my living room, and this, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, just kept coming to me. And I'm like, what is it you want, Lord? I, I pray it. I'm trying to, to live it. And I said, okay, I'm going to break it down. Lord. So we come to God. We come to the Lord. He's the one we call upon. Enable. He's the one that gives us the ability, the one to act upon. It all comes from him. And then it's your servants. Boom. It just hit me. Everything that I had been doing were just acts of service. And because of those acts of service, it, it, it just gave me the opportunity. It was just so easy. She just kept asking me questions. She had gone to that Good Friday service, and she wanted to know everything. And we talked about communion and, and animal sacrifices and what Jesus probably looked like. And, you know, and she said that the people here seemed like they were here not out of obligation, mm -mm. you know, but they, that their faith meant something yeah. to them. So you are, you're helping with laundry. You're right. helping with meals. You're serving her and you're serving the Lord at the right. same time. That's great. That is great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Marie came to this conclusion about being a servant, an attitude of serving. She was serving her niece, and she's also serving Jesus. And that's an encouraging testimony for all of us to keep focused on Jesus because it's truly his attitude and I want to share some scripture that points right to that and it's uh, something familiar if you have your Bibles whether they're electronic whether they're paper open them to Philippians chapter 2 And I want to share with you just a brief few verses from this great passage, the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. The Apostle writes, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, this little passage of Scripture is rich 
There's much inside here. It speaks of the humanity and the divinity of Jesus. It speaks of his sacrificial death on the cross, his yielding to the Father's will by being obedient to death. There's a whole sermon series here in this little passage of Scripture with this point included. Jesus put aside his divinity to take on humanity to become a man and as a man a servant, a servant. That's where I want to focus for a few minutes. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant. What does this mean? Have any of you ever worked in a service industry? Have you waited tables at a restaurant? Maybe cleaning homes, maybe offices, hotels. Perhaps you were a a valet. Uh, Maybe you worked in customer relations. Or you worked in retail. I worked in retail for a while. When I was young, I took a job at a bicycle store. Through my whole high school career, through uh, several years of college, really over the course of about 10 years, I worked at this local neighborhood bike store, sales and service. Service can be a tough thing. If you've been in the service industry, have you ever had a customer complain? And you have to smile. You have to be kind. At that bike shop, the the boss, the owner, he taught us one thing. The customer's always right. He had a little saying about that. And it was to remind us, every single one of us, there was a service that we need to to accomplish. When anybody walked in that door, now, I'd love to be able to repeat it to you, but it was kind of crass. He made it memorable, but not repeatable here in church. (laughs) But it it, it was about serving the customer because you're working for the boss. You know, the boss wants something. So I'll give you some examples now, this was a Schwinn bicycle store, and Schwinn was a, you know, this is a long time ago, too. This is well over 30 years now, and uh, Schwinn was an American-made product. It was not an Italian bicycle by any stretch, but to many people, this was the high-end bicycle, and they had this great warranty, and sometimes people tried to take advantage of that. And they would come into the store, front wheel folded in half. And I'm not making that up. Literally in half. All right? We called it the taco shell wheel. Right? And people would come in and they would say this. And I am not making this up. They would say, I was just riding along. Just riding along. My my wheel folded up. Now, when a customer came in, and there was maybe a new person on staff, and they're like, no, <laughs> yeah, you were just riding along. Listen, a new front wheel and installed, it's going to be, you know, you're looking at at least 50 bucks. Back then, there's a lot of cash. And they're, they're like, what? This is a Schwinn and warranty. And they're, they're complaining. And I'll tell you, man, if the, if the owner's ear caught wind of that, he's out there yanking that guy back into the back room. All right, here's what I want you to do. We're going to make this person smile. You get out there and you serve this person. All right, we had a rack of rims in the back room that many of them were used. Shine it up, 
respoke the thing. All right, it, we could do it in a half an hour, switch it over, keep their old hub, keep their old spokes, put on a new rim, boom, bam, you're done. You got a few bucks into it, and you got a smiling customer. Serve that customer. Get out there. I don't want to hear you griping. Get out there and take care of that. And I'll tell you what, in the back room, though, it was the, it was the standing joke. We would see, and I, I'm not making this one up, but someone came in a busted front fork. Just riding along, right? Yeah, he was just riding along. Yeah, he was just riding along, and he hit a parked car, but doesn't want to tell you that, right? Wants his warranty or whatever. The point is, serve them. Serve them. That's what we were told. You take care of that person. You're working for me. This is what I'm telling you. Say, but boss, I know he smashed into a curb. Look at that flat spot on the... Get out there and take care of that customer. I don't want to hear that. Serve that customer. And if you've been in a restaurant and you've waited tables, you probably understand a little bit about serving. Serving and getting beyond that cranky customer who you know is probably telling you a tale. And what, is this, what does this mean in this biblical sense? Serve others because you're serving Jesus. And now we're getting to the essence of the word that Paul used, this word servant, when he wrote to the Philippians. And they would have understood it immediately. They would have understood this doesn't just mean a, a job like waiting tables. Because let me tell you, it was way deeper than that. This wasn't just working retail with crabby customers. They would have understood because Paul used a very common Greek word. The word is doulos, and it literally means slave, a, a slave, a bond servant, someone who is subservient and entirely at the disposal of his or her master, one who yields himself or herself to another's will, and that would be the master's will. So the slave or the bond servant, Paul said, Jesus became this doulos, this slave, this bond servant. And they knew this is someone who yields to the master's will to accomplish the mission of the master. Paul wrote, Jesus was such a servant. He was bonded to the father and doing his father's will. He was humbling himself. He became a man, obedient to the one uh, perfect sacrifice, to be that one perfect sacrifice for our sin. By going to the cross, he became obedient to that. This is our example. Christ, he took the very nature of a servant, a slave. And that's difficult for us to understand exactly what that meant. We're outside of this culture of slavery or open slavery to, uh, yes, I understand there's, there's uh, black market slavery and sexual slavery and those things go on. We support uh, breaking that bondage and some of the missions here with night angels, with uh, Mel and Twyla Baggett, but th this, is, this was a culture of open slavery where it was a common thing. And Paul said, Christ is this. This is what Christ is. He took the very nature of this servant. It was an example that the early followers of Jesus took, took very seriously. Con consider how many of the New Testament letters begin 
like Philippians began. Philippians 1.1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all of God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Paul and Timothy are saying, we're servants. That's the same word. We're slaves. Romans 1, first verse, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, a slave, a slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. James 1.1, James, a servant, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, a servant, a slave, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through righteousness of our God and our Savior Jesus Christ have received faith, precious as a gift. Jude, Jude 1.1, says Jude, a servant, a slave of Christ Jesus, to those who've been called and are loved in God and the Father and kept for Jesus. Revelation 1.1, John, this is the Apostle John, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to John, made known to him by sending an angel to his servant or slave, and then he gives his name, John. So all of these early followers of Jesus, Peter, James, John, Jude, Timothy, Paul, what was their attitude? I'm a slave. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. His will, I'm going to yield to that will. I will be obedient to that will. He is my master. His mission will be my mission. And I believe that the Apostle Paul summed it up great in his second letter to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. He said, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And he's saying to this, this church, it's not about us. It's not about ourselves. And when he says it's not about ourselves, he means Paul and Timothy because they were the ones who wrote the letter. It's not about us. It's not about those two. It's about Jesus and his mission. We serve you Corinthians as we're serving Jesus. And does that speak to you too? When it comes to all that we've been discussing this month, can you have that same mindset, that same mind of Christ? He didn't consider you know, being divine with God something to be used for his own advantage. He set it aside, and he became a servant, a slave to the will of the Father. Now, when we speak of being bold, being passionate and confident, move in that boldness with the mind and the heart of a slave. Move in that boldness and that passion and that confidence with the mind of a servant. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about me winning another to salvation. It's not about another salvation notch on our belt, you know, something that we can talk about. It's not having that dramatic story where you're telling the story and it concludes in, and I led them to Christ. I won them to Christ. Who are we serving? Ourselves, our ego, 
When I was in the office this morning, I had my side turned to the window and I heard, stick them up. And I turned and there was Pastor Jeff Bonzelar. And I said, who do you want me to surrender to? And, and we had a good laugh, right? But sometimes we come across like that when we're sharing the gospel. Like, like, we're, like we're holding, holding someone hostage and, and making them uh, come to Christ so we can force a win. Is the motivation to win someone to ourselves or to Christ? There's a, there's a story about D.L. Moody, the great 19th century American evangelist. And, and the story goes that Moody was riding on a train one day when a man, obviously inebriated, came up to him. And he said, Mr. Moody, I'm one of your converts. And Moody replied, I'm afraid you are because you're obviously not a convert of the Lord's. And what's he saying? Yeah, if, if, if it's a, a, a conversion that, that's about us, what's going to happen? Or, or is our motivation that Jesus does the work, the Father draws? And we don't preach ourselves, but Christ is Lord. Let's carry ourselves like that as servants for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of his mission. Have that same mindset as Jesus. Many of us know that little passage in Philippians in the King James. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that sounds impossible to have the mind of Christ. But the mindset, the attitude, the approach of Jesus, this is what Paul was saying here to, to have since you're united with Jesus, and if you're united with Jesus, you call him Savior. What is his in principle? That, that can be ours. Now let's make it so. Let's make it our passion to be a servant as he was a servant. Do you see him as Lord and Master? Or is Jesus your buddy? No, the writers of the New Testament portray Jesus as Lord as master, and as themselves, as his slaves, serving him to accomplish his will, his desire. And does that mean we got to be passionless and timid? No, not at all. Being a slave to Jesus, serving others out of love for our Lord, it doesn't negate being bold. It doesn't negate boldness. When we have that same mindset of Jesus Christ and we're in that place of being a bond servant, bonded to him, obedient to our master, we can be bold and passionate and confident to speak the master's words. It's the master's word for his cause and for his sake. We serve a master who loves us, who set us free from the penalty of death and the destruction and the destination of hell. He set us free from death and the grave and hell and he won for us eternal life and he gave us a mission for our time on earth. You know, we bind ourselves. We bind ourselves to him and become his bond servant. Because he's loosed the chains of the bondage of sin for, for his sake as servants. Are we boldly carrying his gospel to others? Having 
that mindset, it's not always easy. We heard this morning that you know, from Christians, you can have two kids that are loving the Lord and one that isn't. You know, having this mind of Christ, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily easy. Now, sometimes, and I said this last week, our biggest obstacle is ourselves. Being, being confident ourselves, we get in the way, our insecurities. And it makes us shrink when an opportunity to share the gospel presents itself. Likewise, with having the mindset of Christ, what's my biggest obstacle to that? It, it's me. It's my ego. It's my desire to tell others maybe a little bit about me and what I did. And where's Jesus? Leading into this passage of Philippians I read this morning, Paul prefaced it. And he wrote this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Vain glory, yeah, that can happen. Have this mind in you to be that servant. Marie said she pondered the prayer that we've been praying. She pondered it. She thought about it seriously. Lord, enable your servants. Maybe this week, pray it this way. Lord, enable me a a slave to you. Enable me, a slave. Lord, I want to be that. Do you see yourself as such a servant of Jesus Christ this morning? Where's your focus? Is your focus on him? Maybe it's, maybe it's got a little bit more about you than him. That can happen to me from time to time. I know it. I know it. I can be bold. I can be confident then a little bit too much about, about me. And I think it can happen to all of us. Now let's turn our eyes on Jesus. We sung that earlier this morning, and I just want to invite you all to stand. And if any of you, if any of you, if, if any of you feel, and you don't have to be ashamed of this, maybe I am. Maybe I am pushing somebody to salvation or I'm, I want to talk about this to show people how much I know or whatever. If it's not, I just want to be a servant submitted to my Lord and my master. If you even haven't had that attitude, wow. I, if, it, if it's something you're hearing new today, a slave, a, a slave, he's my master. This is a relationship changer. Yeah, I want to serve him. Yes, I, I want to do his will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we stand here before you asking that we would truly yield our lives to your lordship. Lord, we don't need to have a ministry to say we're in full-time ministry. We're all in full-time ministry to our Lord and Master, Jesus. God, I pray that if any of us have been struggling with that, if we've put ourselves first, if our focus has been lost, if it hasn't been on you, if we have been out seeking our own vainglory, God, I pray that you'd be able to wash that away. We, we, we repent of that attitude and we turn our eyes unto Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and say, you're Lord and you're master and we yield to your will. 
Now enable us, enable us, and we'll speak your word with boldness. We'll do what you'd have us to do, not what we'd have us to do. And we trust you that you'll put people in our path that you're drawing. We trust your Holy Spirit that would guide us and lead us with the words to say. When we seem like we can't do it, we know that you will enable us, Lord. You will help us, and we trust you in that. God, I thank you for every servant in this room, everyone who has called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ as Savior. Lord, let them have that same mind in them of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're servants. We're servants of the Most High God. Lord, encourage us in that. Carry us in that, God. Renew it in our hearts, Lord. May we leave here with a new zeal for Jesus because we're serving him and not ourselves. Bless all who are here. Bless them, God. Bless them with that. Carry them. Continue to burn in them that they are your servants to be used by you and give them testimonies. Open doors to it, God. Open doors to it. And we pray for the great testimonies that such as would be saved are added to your kingdom. Thank you, God. Thank you. We commit it to you. And we ask it all in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.